The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you on this fine uh, Friday, I guess? Je suis de retour au Québec. Et les Canadiens sont euh, de retour dans la colonne des pertes, euh, au moins dans la colonne des pertes en prolongation, ou bien dans ce cas-ci, dans les tirs de barrage. Your Montreal Canadiens lose 4-3 to the New York Rangers in a shootout. Hello and welcome to episode uh, 65 of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and I'm a little bit miffed about that one. Um, I'm kind of tired of them getting the loser points, you know? I'd rather, I'd honestly rather see them win the game than sit through uh, extended time and everything just to watch them get a loser point that doesn't do anything to help them in the standings, and they don't even get to, like, you know, play spoiler for, for the Rangers at all. So, I don't know. Anyways, let's get into the recap, and uh, we can talk about what really pissed me off and what I liked as well, because there were definitely a lot of things to like from the Habs in that game as well. So right off the bat, uh, there was something to very like, and it came from Caden Gooley, who's making his return from uh, injury. He's been out for the last few games, and we're talking 30 seconds into the game. We get a turnover in the Rangers' zone. Rem Pitlick gets it over to Denis Gurianov. Gooley comes down from the point, just kind of takes a whack at the puck and gets it through, beats Igor Shesterkin. One nothing for the Habs, but a few minutes after that, Gouli giveth, Gouli taketh away. He takes a penalty for slashing. Um, you know, maybe could have a conversation about that penalty being bullshit because it was one of those stick broke penalties. I mean, it was kind of a weak call, but what are you going to do? Rangers go to the power play, and Adam Fox takes a point shot, gets tipped home by Alexis Lafreniere, and it's 1-1. Back and forth. From that point, really, um, pretty even first period. Like you expect the Rangers to dominate the Habs, but I, I felt like it was relatively even, and um, the Habs end up getting a late one as well. Broken play in the neutral zone, late period. Alex Belzil gains the zone and just has a look and takes a shot, and he beats Igor Shesterkin clean, makes it two to one. Gouli gets an assist on that one um, for passing it over to Belzil before the zone entry. So really good game for Caden Gouli going. And we go into the second period, and this time it's uh, the Rangers' turn to go to work early. Less than a minute into the period, uh, Jacob Truba works in unchallenged from the half wall. Like, nobody's covering him at all. And he just takes a shot right over uh, Samuel Montembeau's shoulder. 2-2 two to two is your score very early in the period, right? Rangers getting multiple power plays in this game. They're, they get their third power play of the game. Chance to take the lead, but wait, right? The Habs, shorthanded. Chris Tierney takes off with it. Throws it into the middle to Josh Anderson. He rips one from the slot. Three to two. But it doesn't matter because they're still on the power play of the Rangers, right? And they go and they get it right back. After that goal, Patrick Kane gets a chance from the top of the circle through traffic. He places it perfectly. Just low shot, far side, and uh, makes it 3-3. Three, three. 
Third period, very tentative. Nobody seems to want this one too bad. Uh, Habs getting the better chances, though. Josh Anderson got another breakaway, couldn't go. Um, really, like, if, if you, again, take a look at natural stat trick. I'll talk about this at the end of the recap, of course. But um, the Habs had the better of the scoring chances by a pretty significant margin. And, um, yeah, they just couldn't get anything in the third period, so we go to overtime. Overtime is, again, the Habs getting pretty much all the chances. Gooley had a really good one. Anderson, again, just missed the net. Uh, Nick Suzuki draws a penalty with about a minute and a half left. And the Habs get less chances on that power play than they got in the regular three versus three in the overtime. So um, to a shootout we go. And the shootout is not nearly as long as the last one. So Rem Pitlick is up first. He misses the net entirely. Capocacco goes next for the Rangers. Tries backhand stop by Samuel Montembeau. Nick Suzuki tries to fake the Datsuk and gets stopped. Mika Zibanejad deeks hard. Uh, backhand fake goes to the forehand and then he scores. Alex Belzil has to score to keep it going. And he gets stopped by Shesterkin. And that's your final, 4-3 to three in a shootout for the Rangers. So why am I miffed about this one? Right? Why am I pissed off about this one? Again, I mentioned it during the recap. If you go to Natural Stat Trick and you check the full game report, you're going to see why I'm pissed off. Right? It's not that I wanted them to necessarily win that game. Right? I mean, lose, losses are good right now for the, the standings, uh, for the draft lottery position. But what definitely pisses me off a little bit is <laughs> when I look at the high-danger scoring chances and the scoring chances. Right? So the Habs had 62.5% of the high-danger chances and 60.53% of the scoring chances at even strength. So they were pretty dominant throughout that game in terms of generating uh, quality chances and just generating chances in general. Right? The Rangers, if I'm a Rangers fan, I'm pissed off about that game. Like You guys got pr- pretty much, I, I don't want to say dominated, but it was definitely domination in the scoring chance front. Possession-wise, it was a little bit closer. I think it was like 51%, uh, 51.81 actually, I'm looking at the report right now, in favor of the Habs. So... I don't know. Like, if I'm a Rangers fan, I'm upset about that one. I'm definitely upset. I'm not thinking this is a team that's got a chance to win the Cup if they have to get a shootout and some puck luck in order to beat the Habs, who are, as of this recording, uh, I think two points out of uh, fifth last in the league. So, yeah. Uh, If I'm a Rangers fan, you paid all that uh, capital to get Patrick Kane and to get uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, I'm pretty pissed off that my team's not looking considerably better against one of the bottom feeders of the league. So, um, pretty good game by the Habs. And they only got one point, so I guess, you know, can't be too pissed off. But I'm, I'm just a little miffed because I, I would have preferred to see him win that and spoil something for the Rangers just a tiny bit, although keeping them out of the playoffs is going to be pretty tough. So, I guess it would be a stretch to suggest that they would um, really play spoiler for, uh, for the Rangers there. Silver lining, let's get, in, let's get right into it. Um, it's a pretty easy one, right? It's Caden Gooley. Um, this kid has had a pretty nightmare rookie season, right? He had a pretty rough knee injury that kept him out for a while. He comes back, gets hurt again real quick in short order. And despite all those injuries, every time he's on the ice, he looks like uh, every bit of the player that they went out and got with that draft pick. And... I got to kind of eat crow on that one because I remember I was not too happy about that draft pick. I thought there were better options. And uh, frankly, with the benefit of hindsight, I can say that I think they made the absolute right choice. And this guy is going to be a number one defenseman in the future. He's essentially already a number one defenseman, really. If you take Mike Matheson out of the equation, who's who's better than him right now in the defensive core? Nobody. Not even close. So 
This is the best possible development for the Habs is seeing the way that not only he's been able to play when he's in the lineup, but the resiliency and the ability to step right back in after missing time and, and looking like he hasn't missed a beat. So uh, it's really the best possible news for the Habs in the blue line. And um, I guess my other silver lining of the night would have to be Josh Anderson. Uh, he was a scoring chance machine in that game, an absolute scoring chance machine. And he only converts on one, but you, like I wonder. I mean, I talked about him a number of times before the deadline as a potential candidate to be traded by the deadline. But there's also the distinct possibility that he gets moved at or before the draft, right? He might have better value in the offseason where teams have a little bit more cap flexibility. I wonder if if he c- continues playing the way that he is, if he continues generating scoring chances at such a ridiculous rate, will he potentially play himself into even better offers when the draft rolls around, right? I don't know. I mean, if, if you're watching that game and you're another team and you're looking at the Habs and you're trying to see who you want to add, I think Josh Anderson looked pretty fucking good against the Rangers. So, I mean, better up your offers, though, because <laughs> apparently uh, Kent Hughes is not very willing to part with Josh Anderson. So I guess we'll find out, right? Your final silver lining, and maybe the most important one, is that they only got one point. They didn't get two. Um, <laughs> I know it's kind of weird to, uh, harp on this constantly, but I've slowly been coming around more and more to team tank and I'd rather see them lose these games, right? I'd rather see them lose in regulation, uh, rather than get the loser point. The loser point is fucking useless at this point. You got no problem with the loser point when you're fighting for a playoff spot or if you're, um, if you're already in a playoff spot, right? Because it helps you, right? The loser point is kind of a huge detriment to the tank right now. So that being said, let's talk about it, right? Because even with that loss and getting the loser point, they are on a five-game total losing streak, right? So this brings them, and I think I mentioned this already, uh, within two points of Arizona for fifth last. So they could be moving into that fifth last spot, which would give them an 8.5% shot at the first overall pick. So uh, again, not the best odds on the planet to get Connor Bedard, but uh, better than zero, Right. And I think they stand a pretty good chance of improving to, to maybe get into that fifth last spot and be in a potential top five position uh, over these next couple of games because they've got the Devils on Saturday, they've got the Avalanche on Monday, and then they've got the Penguins right after that on Tuesday, which is a back-to-back with travel. So I would suspect as long as Arizona can get one or two wins in their next five games that the Habs are going to be below Arizona. So Team Tank or Tank Nation, whatever you want to call yourselves, there's good news on the horizon at least right we're 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 slowly getting into that bottom five uh, area where you have the top five you know upside to your pick and the top five this year is very very good in the draft so let's uh let's not be too angry when they get the loser point right the loser point is definitely still less than they would have got if they had won that game which technically they deserve to do if you look at the the underlying stats so I'm going to cut it off there. I don't have much else to say about that game, honestly. Um, the Habs deserved a win. They didn't get it, um, and we don't really want them to get it. So it's kind of uh, rocking a hard place situation there with the Habs right now. What are we running? We're running, uh, well, it's a short one today. Uh, a little over 11 minutes, probably about 12 by the time I'm done. So c'est une soirée typique pour les employés de soutien. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple. Um, I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Of course, I'm also on Substack, mattdrake.substack.com. You can follow me on there for free. It will always be free. Uh, You can keep up to date on what's going on with the podcast moving forward. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.